0: well 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 episode 29 of the bad buddhism podcast with your host anthony boyd so this podcast is going to get a little bit political i'm going to say that right out the bat i usually don't talk about politics much or at all but this uh topic with respect to uh politics is um framed within the sphere of technology if you will it's on that uh, intersection of technology and society and psychology and sociology and those are my favorite topics to talk about and uh philosophy of course so i'm just gonna get right to the point and tell you what we're gonna be talking about today we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about censorship what is censorship what is censorship and of course i'm gonna give uh my uh opinion on it my perspective on it and I'm also going to try to give I guess like a balanced nuanced approach to it or a balanced nuance the best balanced nuance approach that I can uh, produce because I find this to be very interesting like this is something that I've been thinking about for the past five years and I've probably spoken about it on my podcast before on this podcast before and in in many like i guess bits and pieces because this podcast is sort of like a stream of consciousness of my intellectual and philosophical development so there's a little bit of of a lot of different topics um that get kind of like salted throughout the seasons and i think that this is a point or uh, a checkpoint where a lot of the um a lot of the ideas that I've been battling regarding social media censorship um and the human spirit culminate right it's a, it seems like we're at a point where we can actually take a snapshot and we can look at where we're at in society and um with regard to social media and technology because of the events or the event that happened on january 6th um we can kind of like look at maybe sort of like the cause and effect but the cause and effect i'm looking at this perspective that i'm looking at it from as far as the, the the cause and effect is from a psychological and technological background right so what inspired this podcast is a series of 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 articles that I've been reading over the course of the last 5 or 6 years that play with this idea, you know, we have these people that these art these these authors that were visionaries and we even have some of the computer science people that I've been reading up on recently that's always been kind of like playing with this idea of how social media uh influences people's behavior but i read two articles or i came across two articles that really or what maybe like three articles i'm gonna read from today that really just just it, it gets at the 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 root of the issue it gets at the root of or the meat of what I'm interested in with regards to tech, um, not so much censorship, but censorship and, um, you know, the, 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 how can I put it? Censorship and the way that social media molds people's behavior to be this, this, uh, polarizing type of mumbo jumbo or gumbo pot of just craziness, right it, it seems to me that social media is a facilitator of polarization. And I'm not necessarily blaming the tech companies that came out with these um, these apps, no more than I can blame people who invented the television programs or what have you, because those have a behavior molding effect too, but not as fine tuned as the smartphone and the social media apps. And I think a lot of these tech companies are just kind of like learning as they go along and probably didn't anticipate the effects <laughs> the 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 shit show that we stumbled into i'm just going to give the tech people uh benefited of the doubt because technology is an extension of humanity humanity technology is an extension of the human spirit specifically the algorithms that these platforms are built on right so I know that it sounds kind of whack to say, you know, I'm going to give the tech companies the benefit of the doubt and assume that they didn't know that the outcome would be of this magnitude. (laughs) Because again, humans, we're, you know, we're, we're boobs, you know, for the most part, we're, we're clumsy and we're imperfect. And that shows up in the tech and the things that we create anything that we create you can see imperfection you know you're seeing all of these data breaches now you're seeing you know just look at a lot of the systems that we have in place very very clumsy very imperfect and technology is definitely one of those things you know so we're going to start with this article from time Right. The title is Big Tech's Crackdown on Donald Trump and Parlor won't fix the real problem with social media. Now, you know, <laughs> that title, the people that know me that's listening to this know that title is a title that would definitely grasp my attention. You have big tech and you have Donald Trump and you have social media all in the same thing. Like those are just those are just gonna pull me in, right? That's a that's not even a clickbaity title. Like that is the perfect title for what this article talks about. And I'm gonna link the article in the description of this podcast so you can read it if you're interested in it. Right. So the article opens up and says if democracy is a river or a forest or a pristine meadow then social media platforms are a factory spewing toxic pollutants into it. Even if you block the effluent, the pollution that has already escaped won't just go away. It needs to be cleaned up. Hmm. And this article is written by, uh, I believe it's Billy Perigo, right? This is... um. That that's a powerful opening line. Right. And it continues and it says that's the analogy used by Whitney Phillips, one of the world's leading experts on the rise of the far right online. Twitter and Facebook's ban of President Trump last week and the deplatforming of the right wing social network parlor by Apple, Google and Amazon on Monday are crucial first steps in stemming the flow of pollution, says Phillips. Who is an assistant professor at the Syracuse University Department of Communication and Rhetorical Studies but more is still spilling out and that's before you even get to the question of how to clean up what's already escaped. So you can guess that I <laughs> I was definitely inspired by the you know opening paragraphs of this article, right uh, with the name of this podcast being the nuclear waste of the human soul or the nuclear waste of the human spirit right the way that she describes uh behavior from uh i guess the 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 right wing people is akin to nuclear waste but this is where the nuance comes in i think that it's on all across the spectrum right you can go left you can go right and you can see the same behaviors on both sides this is what i was talking about with regards to how polarizing social media has made people now to be fair the tv the, the, the tv did the same thing to an extent but it wasn't quite as fine-tuned or it isn't quite as fine-tuned as social media right but i guess it's more interesting when you take a hard stance and say it's just one side right it's just one it's just one side doing all of it right also i don't know those those apps though like those apps those alternate apps i'm gonna say or those alternate sites they're kind of um I don't know. I don't know if they're just as crazy because I've never been on one of them, but I've seen sort of like the screenshots that people put up. So I don't even know if that would be a good representation, but uh, I don't know. I can say that it's just as much as a I'm going to guess that it's just as much as an echo chamber as it is. uh, Quote unquote, left wing sites um, like like Twitter, right? That that seems to be left-wing if you will like Twitter right so it goes on to say and this is this is the this is the part that really made me say look I got to get up on the mic and talk about this right and this article says continuing from the same article it says the real thing that we have to deal with long term is how these platforms didn't just allow but actively incentivize the spreading of this pollution for years and years and years and years, it was allowed to build up in the environment for so long such that you now have this enormous percentage of the population that has really internalized so much of this population. She says you can take away parlor, but that's not going to take away the belief in tens of millions of people that the election was stolen. So, <clears throat> that paragraph right there is just really powerful especially you know it, it has so much in that paragraph so and i also want to reference something that i read from um this book that i'm reading called the fountainhead by ann rand which is um she's a very interesting author very interesting author and those who know ann rand knows that you know those of Anne Randall's that she's, I guess, you know, a huge proponent or the creator of objectivism, right? You could look up objectivism and you see a lot of the um, everything that she's about. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this, uh, this excerpt. OK, here we go. I'll read that. In a little bit, hopefully, I remember to read it because this uh, it's just chock full with so much, so many ideas, so many of the ideas that I've always been about, always been talking about, right? So we can go back and read that paragraph again and get back on track here. The real thing that we have to deal with long term is how these platforms didn't just allow but actively incentivize the spreading of this pollution for years and years and years and years it was allowed to build up in the environment for so long such that you now have this enormous percentage percentage of the population that has really internalized so much of this pollution so for a very long time i've always pondered what social media is you know always pondered what is it what is it is it you know, is it just an, an an algorithm that acts like a mirror where we get more of the same, we get more of what we like, like literally more of what we click like on? Or is it something that is purposefully massaging us into these uh these nutcases, right? Now we're we gonna we we can take two approaches to it. Let's make the assumption that we can start with the assumption that I started off with, that I kind of led with in the beginning of the podcast, that these social media sites actually massage us into these polarized figures. You know, you see so many different figures pop up over the last five, six, maybe 10 years that 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 weren't really known. And, you know, a lot of your favorite celebrities, a lot of the people that you watched. Um, growing up, morph into these, I guess, political pundits or so these political gurus, these political figures, right? And um, grifters, if you will. But you know, is that really, is it really fair to say that these social media sites massage these people into into these these polarized figures? Is, is it something within the algorithm that's actually telling them to become polarized? Because if you really look at it, it's not it's 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 not necessarily that these people that are being becoming polarized are just have one political perspective, you know. And, and I think that if social media was really doing doing that, really intentionally massaging people into, I guess, these polarized ideologies or these 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 polarized ideologues or whatever you want to call them then you would have everybody just you wouldn't have any argument you wouldn't have any people being outraged over certain things right and you even have the argument that social media feeds purposefully feeds people outrage and again i'm just just you know this is the stream of consciousness this is just off the top and i'm just sprinkling some sources in there and giving my own take but Um, I don't really know how these algorithm works, right? I don't know how these algorithm works. I don't know that these algorithms necessarily um, feed you things that make you upset on purpose. And I might have said that in the past because, um, I mean, that's how it seems, right? But then when you look deeply into it, are they feeding you, you know, things that make you upset on purpose so that you stay on there and you bash people in the comment section and argue with people in the comment section or is it just a mirror right are you say for instance if you're naturally an angry person or you you're naturally the type of person to be anxious or depressed and you click like on things that align with that internal um that internal software is that going to be reflected in what comes up in your feed, you know, or does the like button really not have any effect at all whatsoever? Right? So that's the question. Um I think that it's the former. I think that if I were to argue a point, I would think that the algorithm is just basically a reflection or a mirror that projects our reflection onto the feed and you just pretty much scroll your way into therapy because you're just pretty much you're just pretty much projecting or ejecting the worst parts of you which is the pollutants which is the pollution that uh i believe whitney phillips is talking about right you're just pretty much projecting all of that pollution out. Whether you're right wing, whether you're left wing, I think that, and this is my personal opinion, I think that we're just projecting, you know, who we are, right? And it goes back to what I was saying about how technology, uh, it, it's a function of who we are as humans, right? It, it can be even if, if even look, I'm looking around at my desk, my monitors. And you know my mic stand, my lamp, all of that stuff is all suited to fit it's all suited to fit the human form right this is called ergonomics, right and you know that if you don't have a monitor at a certain height, if you're looking down at the monitor at a at a at a disadvantageous angle you're gonna you're gonna hurt your neck or if you don't have one of those little keyboards, I just recently started using. Um, keyboards for for the desktop if you don't have ergonomic keyboards guess what your wrists are gonna start hurting and i think that social media is much like that or technology in general is much like that if you don't use it properly you're gonna hurt yourself social media is just like that (laughs) if you don't use social media for its intended purposes i guess you'll end up scrolling into Uh, into scrolling your way right into therapy. And I'm just, you know, I just had a thought, you know, how was social media intended to be used? I mean, I don't know. And this plays into what I'm going to talk about next with regard to censorship. But these social media platforms, they're, they're businesses. You know, these are, these are businesses. They, they want to make money. So, why would they show you things that you don't want you we know that tv is horrible in a sense that ads are being shown to us that we we're being shown things that we don't want to see and now we've gravitated to this uh uh this world where we have on-demand viewing right netflix hulu and various other streaming services we even have um youtube youtube premium you know where we can get rid of the ads all together and we watch whatever we want to watch but that algorithm is still in play and i don't know if you ever noticed this on youtube but you know you could be in your feed whatever that thing is your home page on youtube and it shows you different different um videos and then it will ask you if the particular video is i guess relevant or what have you and you can choose uh i guess you know different smiley faces to i guess coincide with whether it's informative entertaining or 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 whatever and that goes to say that you know that algorithm is at work you know those 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 patents for those codes at work and that's essentially what to me my from my experience social media wants social media wants social media wants you to stay on as long as you can right so that you can click one of those ads because here's some i hear people saying this a lot if you're using something for free then you're the product or something like that right and social media is you know is is is, their platforms that you know you can create whole businesses on social media if you use it correctly i've seen it happen over the course of these these 10 years specifically within the industry that i um started paying attention to the most which is the fitness industry i've seen people use the fitness industry or the or use fitness content to build fitness businesses like million dollar businesses like multi-million dollar businesses like real businesses that you can actually (laughs) that you can actually feel and hear and touch right feel and touch is the same thing but um feel see hear and touch whatever the senses are right um <clears throat> so that i think that social media is intended use to 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 you know build businesses or to sell to people etc cetera, etc cetera. but even within the fitness industry i noticed it's starting to get or started maybe a few years ago a lot of my fitness uh favorite fitness uh personalities public figures got extremely political over these past four years you know which is quite interesting and it relates back to that whole pollution analogy you know the pollution that 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 escaped into the rest of the world or what have you you know it used to be that people in the fitness industry were just strictly talking about health and fitness but it got extremely political and extremely polarizing and is that a reflection of the algorithm as well you know, did did the algorithm start or did these these fitness industries, these uh, social media sites start putting political content into the uh, the feeds like here and there and then just kind of gets people to click on it and get all engaged in it and keep them on there longer? I don't honestly, I don't know. You know, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer none of that stuff. So I can't really speak on that. But it seems to me that people have gotten increasingly more political over the past four years. Even myself, but I always said that, um, you know, at the age that I'm at now, uh, uh, at the age that I am at right now, that is something that I should be caring about. I should be caring about politics, I should be caring about that type of stuff because you know, supposedly politics affect me, you know, and my peers a lot more than we want to believe, and we need to pay attention to these things and we need to know how to vote. We need to know which way to vote, et cetera, et cetera. So I've seen a lot of people within my age group um, get super political. But then it's not even just people in my age group. It's people younger than me. And then, of course, people of all ages getting super political. But I think, you know, using uh, Whitney Phillips analogy, you know, to kind of like fit my own perspective is that this pollution spilt into you know, it's it spilled. I, I what is What exactly is the pollution, though? I think the pollution, again, is the worst parts of us, which is our shadow, right? I talk about the shadow a lot, you know, in Jungian psychology, there's, there's an archetype called the shadow, and I talk about it a lot in a lot of my pieces, a lot of my podcasts and stuff like that, and I think that social media had a way of amplifying the shadow and projecting it into the feed, and then the algorithm sort of like just just massaged it, helped it helped it to grow, help it to fester, you know. And it and it showed up with regard to left wing, right wing politics, center, all the over the whole spectrum. The worst part, I guess, of politics. I mean, which sounds like an oxymoron because politics is kind of weird, but you know, you have this this whole spectrum the worst of the spectrum being projected onto these feeds and people are being more engaged with it. People are doing comment bait. People are doing click bait. People are baiting people into, you know, I've seen a lot of people even who are, you know, business people, They all office that they weren't political before all of a sudden they're political. Now they're forced to be political now because I guess that's what, I don't know if that's what the algorithm is pushing per se, or if, That's just what people are interested in now, you know, and I guess if you're a tech person, if you know about these algorithms, you're a social media expert, you can tell me, um, I just basically I'm commenting on what I see. So I wouldn't just blame or just say that it's just right wing people that are radical and crazy. And, you know, I'm talking about extreme, right? I don't think that they're the ones that are just up in arms because to be fair, to be fair, and and this is the beef that I have with a lot of left wing people, left wing people are crazy, too. You know, you got the crazy left wing nuts, too, you know, and they have their own levels of of crazy. That's like and I'm using crazy as a um, as a as a another term for toxic. Let's use toxic because I don't want to use crazy too much um, toxic you have left wing people that are toxic as well you know this this toxicity all across the board so i don't think this is a left wing right wing thing or a left wing right wing problem this is a human problem you know and i think that's where it's at so i don't know i guess we can move away from this article because it doesn't really say anything it, it go the article this is a political article but it comments on it comments on the 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 problem not with necessarily with social media but with us you know as i'm talking more about this i see that you know and i think that was the main idea anyway that the problem is 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 with us you know we're just a very interesting species you know where we just we're just super toxic and we seem to have this negativity bias that you know, allows us to fixate on the negative, allows us to fixate on the toxicity. We get a thrill, a sick thrill out of toxicity. Here, here here's, here's one that's really, that really always bothered me. People watching other people in the last moments of their life, people can't look away from that. People don't look away from that. And I think one of the good things that social media has done right is to label certain pieces of content, specifically sensitive content as sensitive you know because i'm very i don't know i'm sensitive i'm a very sensitive person it doesn't seem like it but i'm sensitive well it depends on what you mean by sensitive but i'm sensitive with regards to um you know things like that nature like i don't like to see blood i don't like to see a lot of that you know you know a lot of that traumatic stuff you know i don't like to see any of that so I think that's what social media did, right? With censoring, I guess you could say censoring those type of um, content and labeling it. And, um, and, um, and, and 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 you know, for people like me. Oh, this is what I wanted to say, which is what I got out of um, The Fountainhead, what I wanted to read to you guys. So this is basically a scene in The Fountainhead where a character named, um, I think her name is Catherine or Katie. She comes to her... Her uncle, Ellsworth Tui, you know, basically just to talk to him about this. This it's, it seems as if she was describing or trying to describe an indescribable, insidious anger or angst that she has towards people. And when I read this, I'm like, yeah, I definitely got to share this on a podcast because it's kind of like what I'm seeing with. A lot of people in general, you know a lot of people I've noticed have gotten increasingly increasingly angry increasingly increasingly uh anxious increasingly serious you know everything is serious, everything is um angsty and all of that right and here's the scene, right let me see um she goes. I begin to resent it when people argue with me. I feel that they have no right to minds of their own that I know best, that I'm the final authority for them. There was a girl we were worried about because she was running around with a very handsome boy who had a bad reputation. I tortured her for weeks about it, telling her how he'd get her in trouble and that she should drop him. So, that little snippet right there is what you can definitely experience on social media where there's no form of long form nuanced conversation or a long form nuanced exchange of ideas without one person or another pretty much acting like they know what's better for the other person you know I see it on both sides I see it on the left wing side I see it on the right wing side depending on what side you on, you're probably going to you know, uh, uh, accuse the other side for doing just that, right? Um, and you know, it's 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 that section of the book. It's a very long book, but it's that section of the book that really kind of like encapsulates what I'm seeing within people. Um, you know, it's. I think there's. I think what social media does, and not to beat you know a dead horse, but I think what social media does is just. It just gives you more of the same. It just gives you more of the same, more of what you are, you know, similar to, you know, people describe social media like um, as if it was a drug. Right. And we can go into that topic as well. I think I went into it two episodes ago, but we can go into that topic where we can actually describe social media as a drug where I don't I don't think that it's a drug necessarily. I think it's more of a, uh, a, a hack, a brain hack. But we're not even going to go there. But I basically think that social media makes you more of what you are. And they say that drugs make you more of what you are. I would know i have taken drugs unless it's um, caffeine, coffee, because caffeine is a drug. But, you know, I think social media makes you more of what you are, feeds you. It, it's a positive feedback loop of the worst parts of you if you click like, Right. But, I don't know. there's again, there's a certain there's certain times where you know i i i I don't know. I don't be on social media that much anymore, but there's maybe it's just that if you don't click like on too many things, it just shows you whatever everybody else is on your friends' list is um many different factors go into the algorithm, of course, but maybe it just shows you whatever your friends are 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 listening to are looking at. And maybe that kind of like ropes you in because you end up looking at it too long. And then it's like, I don't know. It's a very, I don't know. I think social media is sort of like, it's just very, this, this very sticky substance. You know, it's like quicksand. You get, you get pulled in one way or the other. There's going to be some content on there that's going to grasp your attention. And then you're going to have the, the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the red notifications and you're going to have all sorts of stuff. They just, I don't know. It's just engineered a certain way that would just suck you in. Like it's quick, uh, uh, quicksand. Right. But anyway, that's all I got to say about the topic of the, the, the problem with social media. And, um, it's basically, I guess that article is basically saying that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's social media's fault for, cultivating these types of people and then look what it led to it it led to you know the events that happened on january 6th right and i i think that's just a the media picks and choose i understand the media picks and choose what they really want to focus on and i guess this is a great example to report on when you include social media into it i think it's a dope way to kind of like view what happens when <laughs> everybody's on these social media sites, what some over two billion people are on these social media sites. I don't know how many is in America that's on these social media sites. I don't have the stats, but when you have so many people that's on there and then they're just inhaling the same pollutants over and over again, it's only a matter of time before you know you know the toxicity is gonna spread from the virtual world into the streets of the real world right so i don't know that's pretty much that all i have to say about that part of it but when we come back we're going to talk about we're going to talk about censorship which which is which is related to which is related to 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 the last topic really but again i have a I have my, um, my own perspective on censorship, and what it is, and, 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 and the spin, and the spin. And I'm going to read again. I'm going to have to read a few articles that backs up, uh, backs up my perspectives. So, we'll be right back. that gravity pulls me down. I know I'm tripping and falling in love with the drum breaks. She keeps me safe for the gunplay. When I'm hungry, she feed my soul. When I'm lonely, she keep me calm. It's funny. I used to want to grow older, travel with sight in these rhymes. So they realize that she got me out of my mind. I'm trying to kick these nerves to grab hold to the microphone Got him nodding along Maybe she'll save the world for me Maybe she'll write my wrongs If I'm coming out too strong Oh well, only way to tell is by saying This how I feel and that's real <laughs> Alright, so we're going to talk about censorship Because this is a topic that a lot of people including myself very concerned about in this day and age of um, you know, technology and freedom of speech and all that, you know the prevailing thought is that you know, we don't have freedom of speech and we we don't actually have as much freedom of speech as we think we do and I just basically want to, you know show that this fear of freedom of speech is not necessarily a function of it's not necessarily a function of what something that the tech companies that we use these platforms are are doing wrong it's something within ourselves right i feel like the, the 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 fear we feel over censorship has a lot to do with a lack of discipline and um we're gonna you know explore that we're gonna explore that but why do i think it's a lack of discipline and you know what let's just let's just work our way let's just work our way through this and hopefully i remember to come back to why i think that it's a lack of discipline so you know again this is one of my favorite websites on the internet danielmeisler.com right and i'm gonna link all of these articles in the description right but i was just i was just surfing this website surfing the uh the the web and i came across this website you know and i found a lot of interesting stuff on it i've been you know following this website for maybe like two three months now and yesterday i was on the website and i found this article by daniel Meisler, right The line between choosing your own customers and censorship. Once I read that line, that that uh, headline, I was like, oh, here we go. I want to see what he has to say about this. I want to see what side he's on. He is a very uh, liberal type of person. So, I mean, I guess you could kind of like you can guess. Right. Um, And I don't think nobody really can place where I'm at on the political spectrum. It's interesting what people think I, I am on the political spectrum just by presenting nuanced or trying to or attempting to present nuanced critical thinking um, on these uh, topics but anyway it's not about me let's read this article right he says i tweeted something today about aws kicking parlor off its platform this week and to turn it turned into a whole thing <laughs> it sounds like um it sounds like situations i get into when i when i bring up you know, some new bring some nuance to the conversations. People get mad at me. People get peeved and stuff like that, which just it which again goes back to the last segment where we talked about the pollution of humanity, where you can't even really state your opinion without people getting pissed off and not even really you know disputing any of the things you say. They just get mad and they want to just stop talking to you, right? And this is this goes perfectly in line with what people think that social media is doing. As well, and I'm going to try to remember why I think that it's a lack of discipline on our part when it comes to, you know, you know, not caring or even looking at the the broad spectrum of it. Right. So I guess this is the tweet. AWS banning Parler from their platform is not censorship because there are countless other providers that will host them. Individual providers are not required to host anyone. It's their choice who to take on as a customer. They are not the government. Hmm, I love that. I love that. I actually love that. I actually love that because that brings a lot of objectivity to the conversation. And it's also also using the same logic that I hear a lot of right-wing people use. When they talk about the free market this the free market that right and that the government shouldn't be able to intervene and all of that stuff in and in the free market right you know I hear a lot of uh certain right wing people or a specific right wing person talk about um you know uh uh <laughs> a a certain right wing person basically said that companies have the right not to serve certain people companies have the right not to serve a a a person of a um a specific sexual orientation which kind of like i don't know that that kind of like i don't know it's kind of weird because that same person would say yeah that uh uh we're being censored on these these social media platforms like what these social media platforms are businesses and they have a right to kick whoever off the platform that they want. I guess it's in the terms of service that we all never read. Right. And the privacy acts, the privacy policies that we don't read, you know, we we don't read enough. We need to read more. Right. And I guess that's one of my points with with regard to discipline. Right. If you have a business and you don't want to serve a specific person, You don't have to serve that specific person, right? Okay, right? Sounds like discrimination, right? But if social media wants to kick you off of their platform because, you know, or whatever reason, don't they have that same right, right? Doesn't Twitter have a right to use their discretion and ban whoever they want to ban and suspend whoever they want to suspend? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Right. The the most important fact to remember in that tweet that Daniel Meisler tweeted out on January t- uh, 10th, 2021. I'm going to link the article anyway. They're not government. You know, the, the the whole talk about people being censored and stuff. And I've used the word censored to kind of like. To kind of. You know describe what's happening with certain people i've used that word but i don't know if it's necessarily censorship because you can always just go somewhere else and and give your message and i'm going to give the other side you know or what i think is the other side some fair points for the other side in a second but this is a this is this is one side that i'm just kind of like hmm I don't know man I don't know this is this is this is kind of solid, like you know it's kind of solid i i if I was thinking if I was in these social media platform um c e o shoes, what would I do if I see certain content on there that's just like not okay, certain content that incites violence because you can incite violence with your word right and it's funny that people it's funny that people only think that um it's funny that, you know, when it comes to like something like this, people don't believe in influence. People don't think that there's a such thing as influence, leadership, etc. cetera. It's a, there's a reason why those words exist in the first place. You know, there's a reason why there's something called um, spelling, like you put a spell on somebody. Now, that's more of a superstitious, superstitious perspective on influence, <clears throat> on influence, excuse me. But it is influence nonetheless. It, it's a form of 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 leadership nonetheless. Right and your it, it's it, it's it's going to say that words have capacity words have meaning right we live in a world of words and numbers specifically words we communicate with words we talk to other people and we use language to get them to do what we want them to do and we can use language in such a way that we can what some people call dog whistle or We can use subliminals and we can use um, what they call, uh, uh, I forgot what it's called, crop dusting. I think that's what they call it. But we can use words in such a creative way to encode messages. Now, the greatest thing about these encoded messages is that if you know how to read them, you can read them. You can read between the lines, as they say. But if you don't know how to read between the lines and you will just take it at face value and you think that nothing is wrong with a specific 240 character um uh, you see nothing wrong with a specific 240 character tweet right there's many things that you could do with language to get your message across without alerting the people that it's being deployed against right you can use your language to 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 um to convey points to your target audience without the 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 general population being aware of it or all the wiser for it right so that's a deep perspective i guess a profound perspective on the power of words right so let's continue on right so what is the definition of what is the definition of censorship in the first place? Right? This is one that this is a. this is a, I'm trying to click into this thing. Uh, open the image, a new tab. Let me see. I'm not really a windows guy. I'm using windows right now and this shit is really weird. If I can't really like pinch with my thumbs and thumb and index finger, then it's just like, I don't know how to use it. But anyway, Let's open this up, right? So on Daniel Meisler's website, um, his friend who tweeted said, "Then you need to update Wikipedia's entry that disagrees with you. Cite your sources. Censorship. Censorship is the suppression of speech, public communication, or other information on the basis that such material is considered objectiv- objectionable, harmful, Sensitive or inconvenient, censoring can be conducted by governments, um, private institutions, and other controlling bodies. Right? Daniel Misa said, I see your Wikipedia and raise you in Oxford. It's super clear from this definition that it is meant to come from an authority. Ooh, I like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm biased because I like this guy. Um, here's his definition from Oxford. The suppression or prohibition of any parts of books films news etc that are considered obscene politically unacceptable or a threat to security the regulation imposes censorship on all media as a blank we have strict censorship laws okay so again i have to agree with with daniel Meisler, right because we have this guy this other guy saying why am i using microsoft edge this is whack I'm sorry Microsoft. I don't like using Microsoft Edge. But I'll go ahead and use Google Chrome which is worse. But anyway, let's type in um censorship. Sorry to be typing in your ear. Censorship definition in Wikipedia. Let's look that up. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's read cuz I'm going to attack this uh Tack this one right here. This definition here: censorship is the suppression of speech, public communication, or other information on the basis that such material is considered objectionable, harmful, sensitive, or inconvenient. Censorship can be conducted by governments, private institutions, and other controlling bodies. Okay, so within the within the context of social media, um, I don't I don't really know that social media is necessarily an authority over anyone's lives. I mean, if we're gonna really say or say that they are controlling body like i don't really you can walk away from social media you can totally walk away from social media and that's the argument that that was one of the arguments actually that daniel Meesler made in another another point another post he said that you can walk if you if he was talking about unionization and he was basically saying that if you want to um you know leave a company or what have you you have the right to leave a company if you don't like what that company is doing with regards to the way that they're running their operation or whatever you can always leave if you don't like the job you can leave um you know if it's about let me see unionizing against tech companies i think this was probably with regard to google yeah yeah google is the most recent example this way he pulled up i need to do a video i'm gonna start doing like a video version of this just pretty much sharing my screen and showing you guys how I'm like navigating all of this because I feel like reading is very 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 fundamental it really opens your mind and allows differing perspectives and it 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 avoids ha- you having to put your your beliefs all in one basket and so you can attempt at least attempt to have like a balanced perspective. So in this post he says over the last few years I've seen two very different complaints against tech companies. By the way, the name of this article, the name of this article is uh, on unionizing against tech companies. Worker treatment is separate from happiness within your company's mission, right? Over the last few years, I've seen two very different complaints against tech companies. workers being treated poorly. So he goes on to say, I'm 100% in support of unionizing for this reason, treating contractors like garbage, racism, sexism, other types of discrimination, poor working conditions, et cetera. These are all the types of issues that led to the creation of unions in the first place. So absolutely, I'm with you. And me being a former shop steward or union rep, if you will, I 100% agree with that. There are many cases where I had to fight against things like uh, uh, treating contractors like garbage, racism, sexism, other types of discrimination, poor working conditions—all the things that he named there—I used to—I I fought against those type of things for um, for six six whole years, man, six whole years. And it gets really ugly when you know I'm not even gonna go there. Um, second is um, the second complaint is unhappiness with what that company is working on and he goes on to say this one makes no sense most people weren't hired to pick what the company works on and even if you were you still need the rank to act autonomously or the gravitas to convince others to support you being a coder a pm or some random manager doesn't give you those abilities see that right there is what i'm saying with these you know, with social media and censorship, right? Some people view social media as if it's their job, which is fine, right? But if you view social media like it's your job, then you need to be, you know, uh, reading those terms of service, right? Those, 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 you need to be reading all of those little fine print. You need to read that. If you really think that it's your job and if it's a way for you to make money and it's a way for you to make a living, then I think that you should, Just honestly, in my opinion, opinion, I think that you should play within those rules because it is not your business. It is not your business. Now, I get why a lot of people feel like it's censorship when they get booted off the site or something gets taken down or they get a YouTube strike or whatever it is. I I get it. It's 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 almost a compulsive thing for everybody to be on these well-made platforms these intentionally well-made platforms it's it's designed that way right but this is where the discipline part comes in you don't have to use these services and somebody can correct me if i'm wrong again i'm being you know super biased you know because i'm leaning to one side but I, i i just look at it from if i was and this is why i created my own website and i have a that has an extent to which I can, you know, say whatever, because, you know, there's that. But, you know, un- and and even with even with hosting your own website, you can host your own website on your own servers. It just takes it just takes discipline. It takes if you really, 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 really want to really have yourself immune to censorship. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to build your own web servers and stand up your own website on that and you can create all of your content within your own web servers within your servers and it's not really that hard to do it just takes time to do but it's not really that hard to do and um this is why we hire you know people like we use aws is why we use um you know site ground is why we use blue uh i think it's bluehost this is why we use all these different hosting platforms to host our websites because we don't want to do it ourselves and it's akin to the fact that we don't grow our own food anymore (laughs) we used to grow our own food right we've become more and more reliant on somebody else to provide a service for us and that same attitude has definitely spilt into social media. You know, we didn't take the time to do SEO work on our website and produce. There's a lot of bloggers out there that still get a lot of traffic to their website. And they can say whatever, pretty much whatever they want to say, because either they, they stood up their website on their own service or they're paying a lot of money to host their platforms on whatever hosting platform. And in the early days, they used Google. They build their website and their brands on top of Google. They created an email list. They did all of these things that pretty much shield them from um, the, 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 the commodification of attention by these social media websites. Right. So once again, like, you know, you can easily just walk away from these. These these the private comp, uh these private institutions that you say is censoring you you can just walk away and that's what essentially to to, to be fair that's what um that's what a lot of these right wing people did they went to websites like Gab they went to websites like Telegram they went to websites like Parler you know but then even Parler was taken down but Parler was stood up on AWS you know and you just gotta be mindful of where you're hosting your stuff right so again this is to back up my point this is what daniel Meisler said if you can easily take your ball and go somewhere else you're not being censored for example it's not censorship for a small private art gallery to decide not to show your piece in the upcoming event why not because there are other art galleries and it's not like the art gallery is run by the government and they called every other art outfit in the country and told them not to carry you if that were the case that would be censorship hmm see I think I've seen something kind of like something like that um with regard to um some figure I'm not gonna say his name um but with with the with regard because I don't know if it's hundred percent accurate so um some company basically banned this figure and you know it kind of like did this domino effect. These other companies started banning him too, but he seems to be doing okay now, but yeah. Daniel Misa goes on to say in his article, book publishers, and this article is um, my bad. This article is, we went back to the line between choosing your own customers and censorship. Let's go back. Book publishers are another example. Are they required to publish everything that gets submitted? Or do they get to choose? Publishers choose all the time not to publish someone because they don't agree with their stance. That doesn't make them censors because they're one of many, right? So that's my stance. That's my position on that. Like, I don't think that social media sites can censor you. Like, they can't censor you. You can go and build your own platform. It's not a problem. I think that's where the the discipline needs to come into play. If you can go and not easily build your your build a website somewhere else i've seen a couple people do it and i've went on these these sites to see what it's about and they're not so great you know i i it's not for me those sites are not for me they just seem to be uh, i don't know (laughs) i don't know they those sites they just seem to just take themselves too seriously these sites are more so like very intellectual type of sites and stuff but I went on there to see what is went on those sites to see what they're about, and I'm just like, eh, these alternative site, not really alternative, but these, I guess, these in between sites, I call them because they they're not Gab and not parlor. Gab and parlor, they just very right wing. But these sites seem to be somewhere in the middle of that, and there's pretty much there's 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 more there's more of these type of sites out there, but uh. They're not the greatest, but these were people that had issues with the things that YouTube is doing and Twitter and whatever. But again, those are their their businesses, They're their own businesses. I remember running a lot of ads on Facebook and stuff like that, and I was you know doing really good with the ads. And then one day, try to run the ad after not running an ad for like maybe six months or something like that, or yes, about six months. Facebook changed their rules about their ad policy, you know, and one of my ads didn't get ran and I had to kind of like tweak it and change it up. But Facebook is well within their rights to change up their ad policy. They can change things. They're allowed to do that, you know? And, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, some people have messages that, you know, f- these companies don't want to serve. Now, the thing, the thing with, to again, to be trying to be fair again, to try to be fair again. It is it is so hard not to go on these platforms because they're good. They, it's they're good. They're good at getting people onto these platforms and keeping them there. So you have to go where the 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 potential for you to distribute your message successfully is the highest. Like if you have a message and you wanna deliver it, I mean why not go onto a site that has two billion users? Like what? Of course you're gonna go in there. You know, same thing with YouTube. Like if you have a message, you got something you wanna put out. Why not go on? You why not go on YouTube and put that message out there, right? But again, the problem comes down to when you know those companies say that your message is violating their TOS. You know, and I think the discipline again comes with. You know, if you if your if your message is that important, yo go go build it out. Go build that shit out, man. Go 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 build a brand. Go build your brand on a website. Go build your brand on um Go build your brand on a self-hosted platform where you have to really probably talk to the people to to, to kind of like I guess figure out what their policies are and make sure that what you're saying is not going to get your ass booted. I mean, it's 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 fucked up. But at the same time, it's like these are and maybe my views might change later on. I don't use these I don't necessarily use these platforms all crazy to you know, make a living or anything like that. Um one site that I'm heavy on is Medium. I love Medium. I love Medium. But um hey. I don't know. Then again, medium people probably see medium as a what they call it a, a left-wing mouthpiece or something like that because i guess obama posts blogs on there you know when he has a message he goes to medium but i think medium is i think medium is dope i didn't even know medium was as popping as it was when i started writing on there I, it was just a site that gary vaynerchuk talked about so i said what is medium okay and i went on there and a year later over a year later i'm blogging on there and i'm doing pretty good on there so there's that haven't been writing as much as i want to on there for a period because i've been so busy studying but yeah medium medium i like medium speaking of medium here's this last article that i want to share with you um i guess to kind of bring balance i guess not even bring balance because this is yeah it's not going to bring balance This is going to be more of the same um this is going to be more so i guess similar i should have read this in the first segment but fuck it We don't have to be all organized and stuff so this kind of relates back to the last the last segment where we talked about big tech's crackdown on donald trump and parlor won't fix the real problem with social media that article right this article is a medium article from john gorman right and i'm going to post all these links again in the description give these people their proper credit and go check this stuff out um the name of this title is Please Don't Applaud Twitter's Trump Ban a Decade Late and a Dollar Short Jack <laughs> by John Gorman. Right. So he says Twitter permanently banned Trump from its platform late Friday, January 8th, 2021. I'll award their leadership one point, And if I were grading their conduct over the past decade, I would give them that one point on the standard zero to 100 scale grading scale you failed twitter <laughs> spectacularly so but at least you didn't get a zero or an incomplete forgive me if i'm not doing cartwheels singing ding dong the witch is dead over jack dorsey's sudden pivot towards sanity and the greater good yes it's great that the twat nozzle in treat chief what the fuck <laughs> finally lost his megaphone it beats him still having it but be honest here this move comes about a decade late. So I'm going to. I'm going to skip to the this highlighted part. Twitter and Dorsey deserve no congratulations for doing the right thing. They spent over 3000 days continuing to do the wrong thing over and over until it no longer served their interest. Well, yeah, that's a That's a. Yeah, that's a that's a deep that's a deep point right there. Right. So you can make this 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 argument that and again this is this goes back to the first segment where i said that a lot of these sites may or may not keep you on the platform just by having some type of outrage porn on there that gets you to stay on there like you, you they post something is something someone posts something that's outrageous and you know these sites shove it in your face because they know that you're gonna like it and the next thing you know, you're staying on it. And I think that's what Donald Trump, that's that's his effect that, um, that's the effect he had on a lot of people who was on these sites, especially Twitter. Like, a lot of my friends just couldn't keep Donald Trump's name out their mouth. Like, everything was Trump's fault. Everything is Trump's fault. Everything is Trump, 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 Trump. And I was just thinking to myself, damn, yo, like, he really got these people on you know his his jock to the extent that these sites are pretty much using him for um you know I guess uh, uh, attention I guess but then again he 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 was still is the president of the United States right until uh at the end of the month <laughs> so I guess it would have been it would have been weird to kind of like ban the president off of twitter like how does that go and that's what i'm saying like i give i'm i lean to the side of giving these tech companies a benefit of the doubt because how do you how do you do who has dealt with that before i don't know of anybody that's dealt with that i think this is a new type of thing you know i don't know I think it's a very difficult position. We can sit here and we can make all these comments about these tech companies all we want, but we're not the CEOs of these tech companies. We don't know what the right thing is. If we were standing in their shoes, what would be the right thing? Like, how do you ban the president off of the platform? But I'm guessing, and we could go back here. Let's see this. Twitter spent the entirety of the 10 year Trump as political provocateur error, roughly 2011 to present, profiting off the violent unhinged ramblings of a washed up businessman and aspiring fascist dictator trump was twitter's most cited user he was great for business until with 12 days left in his term and a deadly attempt at or whatever that is to his credit he wasn't okay yeah that's the highlighted that was a part it's in the same paragraph I should have read the whole paragraph so i guess yeah that's the argument that since he was this polarizing figure he you know was just getting people to stay on the platform i mean but how do you okay i I have to take back my comment about how do you ban the the president of the united states because i guess what this this paragraph is saying that twitter basically just allowed him to stay on there let him ramble and he ended up becoming the president (laughs) he ended up (laughs) i'm sorry it's not funny but he ended up becoming the president off of that right but even so okay even so how do you, how do you ban the president off of a platform? How, how do you do that? How do you do that without seeming like the bad guy, which you always seem like no matter what you do, when you're at a certain level of, um, I guess, success or in certain positions. But um, I don't know. I'm not going to read the rest of the article. I'll let you guys read the rest of it. I'm going to post it in the description. I got to remember to post this other one in the description too. But yeah, I don't know. Very interesting stuff. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I wanted to share with you guys today. You can give me your perspective. Um, you give me your perspective by sending an email, a message, um, at anthony at anthony Boyd. blog, and you can tell me what you think i'm not on social media right now so you can't really get in contact with me on social media but you can definitely email me but i don't know that's something that i don't know i was just this was just a good week for talking about this topic because this is something i always again i always talk about it and it got lost these type of things get lost or had gotten lost within the other topics i was talking about and within the um i guess the i guess the uh i don't know the the fuss and some people were even complicit but with you know not even thinking about these things you know just kind of like playing into all of the the stuff that goes on in social media in the first place you know i guess this wasn't so much of an interesting interesting um topic at hand I'm just looking through these this article there's a lot of great images but yeah um that's pretty much that right is it you can tell me what you think do you think that social media um brings out the worst in people and do you think that social media have the right to kick people off their platform because of messages or messaging that they put out Right. Do you believe that social media has the power to censor as per the Wikipedia definition of censorship, which includes private institutions as having the power or the authority, quote unquote, to censor something? Because, again, my perspective is you can always just say, screw it and walk away. That's the kind of person I am. And it goes it's like it goes within my mentality, like nobody. If if something wasn't working out for me and it wasn't in my best interest, um, I didn't play victim. I just walked away. There's no need to really play victim. You mean you could do what you can on the objective side to try to make that circumstance turn in your best interest. But at the end of the day, if something really isn't suiting you, just walk away, you know. That, that's always been my my take on it. And my take is with social media, it seems to the current state of social media brings out the worst in people. I've never seen so many people in my life be angry all at the same time. Never seen it. I've seen people actually say things that I was just, just shocked. Like they just say these blanket statements about who they hate. You know, like there's people, there's people posting things obscene, obscene images of, you know, people that they disagree with. And I'm just like, like Photoshopped images. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't know you was like that. Like, that's crazy. I didn't know you was like that. That's that's wow. Like you have that in you. But I guess all of us have that in us. However, at the same time, I just didn't. It's like it's one thing to know that us humans can be kind of nasty. But then it's another thing to you know it's another thing to kind of like have it manifest in ways that you couldn't imagine possible so there's that Um, that's my perspective on those topics you know you can let me know what you think about that and yeah this podcast wasn't that long right yeah about an hour hour and 15 that's a healthy that's a healthy length um but thank you for listening by the way because um you guys are definitely you guys definitely be listening i wish anchor had more of a uh in-depth analytics uh product but once again don't be violating people's privacy but i appreciate the listens and thank you for listening peace